So Romans chapter 1, Paul writes, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to become unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Let's pray. God, we just worship you today and thank you for this powerful word. Um, God, we ask that you would open our minds and open our hearts to receive your truth today. Uh, God, that you would help us to, uh, uh, to understand uh, what your word says. Uh, God, help us to have a clarity about exactly what your word says. Um, and that we, from what we discover in your word, we change our lives. We don't try to change your word to fit our lifestyle, but that we change and we transform our lives according to your holy and inspired and wonderful and awesome word. So move in our hearts and our minds and deliver us uh, from evil. Deliver us from false truths and deception. Uh, wake us up that are sleeping, uh, that we might truly respond to your truth and be transformed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we talked about Saul, who uh, in Acts uh, chapter 9 was, trans- was, was converted uh, a hater of Christians, and, uh, and he is later given the name Paul, and that is who wrote the book of Romans. Uh, so as you think about a man who encountered the risen Jesus Christ, and he responded to Jesus by immediately uh, proclaiming, faith in Jesus Christ, proclaiming that God had saved him. Christians were afraid of him. God called Ananias to lay hands on him. Ananias said, wait a minute. God, do you know who this guy is? Uh, and, 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 and yet he became Paul, who writes this wonderful letter to the Romans that has so much truth for us today. And as Paul writes, he first gives uh, his credentials. 
Uh, and so I want you to, to, to look at that today in verse 1. Uh, and uh, if you're following along in the sermon notes, uh, a credential is concrete evidence that qualifies or testifies to the competence or authority issued to an individual by another qualified party. So think about the credentials that Paul is sharing here. He's given evidence that qualifies him to share this truth, to, uh, to do the work that God has called him to do. He's given uh, evidence not of what he has done, but of what Jesus Christ has done that testifies uh, that this is what God is doing. This is what makes him competent, makes him able uh, to function and to do what God's calling him to do. What gives him his authority? He shares that there in these first few verses. Uh, uh, in the book of Romans, uh, he shares, why should I listen to Paul? Why should you listen to Paul? There are many people that don't like what Paul wrote. They don't like uh, what Paul wrote in the New Testament. They'd like to just skip all over that to focus on the, the verses about Jesus that they like, but they don't like a lot of what Paul wrote. But what makes uh, Paul have truth and authority and wisdom uh, that we should listen to him? A common credential today um, is, in law, is a law enforcement badge, right? A law enforcement badge. If, if somebody comes and knocks on your door and says, hey, I'm here with the Bosque County Sheriff's Office, and they have the right credentials, you better answer that door, right? You better listen, because they have power given by the state of Texas, uh, given by the government, to put you in jail. Uh, and, and so they, if they have the right credentials, we better pay attention to who they are. Uh, we better, because those credentials mean something. Uh, that badge has authority, and it means something. And if you don't listen to the, if you don't obey the laws, someone with those credentials is going to come, right, to take you to jail. And we'll visit you there on Tuesdays, if you end up at Bosque County Jail. Uh, we'll be there to visit you and pray with you and, and study the Bible with you. But the credentials matter. And so Paul begins his letter to the Romans by sharing his credentials with them. By sharing, here's what made Paul set apart. First of all, he says, I am a servant of Jesus Christ. And that word servant uh, is actually a word that means slave. That was his credential, that I am a slave of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and so to be a servant might mean that, uh, that, that you just go do something for, for, for somebody. You go clean their house, but you really have nothing to do with their life. Or, and then you leave. They pay you money and you're gone. And you serve them or, or your waiter uh, may come and, and serve you the meal. But you don't know anything about them. They just serve you and they go on. That's a servant. But that's not what Paul's saying he is. He is a slave. And in, 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 in Paul's day and in the Old Testament times, a slave that, that, uh, that stayed with the family would be marked with a, where they would put a, a deal in their ear to mark them. And now they became property of that family. They had no more rights. They, had, they, were, they were there. Uh, they, they belonged. They were owned by that family. And that, uh, and that is what Paul is saying in here. I'm not just some servant that ever now and this does something for the Lord and then goes back to my own life and, and does my own thing, I am a slave of Jesus Christ. I am, I, I am His. It's no longer about what I want and, and what I want to do. I, I, wanna, I, am, I do what He says. 
I follow, I'll go where he goes. I follow him wherever he calls me to go. And, and that's, the, that's the credential that he's sharing with them. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. And you need to understand that distinction today. Because that's, that's the sa- saving message of the gospel. Is not that I can just come serve God today and give my little bit in the offering and do my little bit here and then, then God doesn't really know anything else about me and I go on about my own life, my own little secular life where I don't go back to God till I need Him again. That's kind of a mentality that we have today, but that's not what Paul preaches or the gospel that saves is, I've got to count the cost. I've got to make a decision. Am I going to serve the world? Am I going to serve Satan? Or am I going to become a slave of Jesus Christ? And I am all His. And He is all mine. And He knows everything about me. And I'm striving to learn and grow and know Him more every single day. And that's the credentials. Why should you listen to Paul? Because he is a slave of Christ Jesus. He is set apart, he says. He is called. He is set apart for the gospel. His authority comes as an apostle through the grace, he says, of the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. He is called, He is set apart for the gospel of Christ Jesus. He receives His authority through the grace of the resurrected Savior. And what about you today? Do you see yourself as that? Somebody that has a calling on your life? That you've been set apart. You should not be like everybody else if you're a Christian. You shouldn't look like them or talk like them or act like them. Right? There should be a difference about you because you belong to somebody else. And I'm not talking about the clothes you wear, but how you appear on the inside. How you respond to situations is going to be different when you belong to Jesus Christ. When you're His when you have your, His authority about you, when you have a calling on your life from God and you're set apart for the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And where is your authority going to come from? Same place that Paul got his authority. Your credentials are going to come by grace. And that means that you didn't earn them. You get your law enforcement credentials by going to their schools and going to their trainings and learning how to do the things a law enforcement agent needs to do. You get your nursing credentials by going through a lot of school and, and, a, lot of, and, you know, and a lot of training. Any other credentials, but the grace is given you through the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a free gift. God gives them to you. When you are willing to say, I'm yours, God. I'm all yours. I'm giving my life to you. Right? Religion says just come, do your little part, and then go back to your world. And then come back here and do your little part. But that's not what relationship is. Relationship with Jesus Christ is I'm His. He has marked my heart and my life, and I belong to Him. He was set apart. Set apart. And are you set apart? Do you see your life that way? If you want to make a difference in this rotten, dark, sin-infested world, you've got to have authority. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nothing's going to happen in your life unless the authority of God is upon your heart. 
unless the gospel has marked your life in such a powerful and meaningful way that there's an authority that you may not even realize is there. You don't even realize it, but there's an authority in your life and there's light shining through your life by the grace of the resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. And there's a calling on your life. And you're either saying, yes, Lord, I want to answer that call. Or you're saying, oh, maybe later. Maybe I'll do that later. Maybe when I get, you know, later on in life, I'll answer that call. You better answer it today. There may not be a later on in life. But every believer is called to the ministry of the gospel and every leader must seek the authority that comes from God that will be given to those that God calls and sets apart. So because Paul was called by God and he was set apart for the gospel of Jesus Christ, he could, with God's authority, make that note, this wasn't his authority, before Jesus Christ came into his life, he was hating people, arresting people, making sure that Christians died. Right? He wasn't, it wasn't his authority that did this. It was God's grace in his life. But with God's authority, he could write to these believers and he could teach them and he could rebuke them and he could correct them and train them in the ways of God and the authority that was there to do it. And we've got to pray for that authority in our lives. It's by grace that God is working in your life and you have a heart to see God work in people, to teach, to rebuke, right? So we need to be rebuked for our sin and our selfishness and our godlessness and our dependence on just on us and material things. There's a rebuke that needs to take place in our lives. You want to have people in your life that are willing to say, what are you doing? Why are you acting this way? What, what is going on? This is wrong. You need those people in your life. But then Paul did more than that. He corrects them. You don't want to go to the doctor and he just say, yeah, you got a really bad infection. See you later. You want him to have something, a medicine to help you. And that's what we want to do. We don't want to just point out bad things in people and point out sin. We want to say, hey, yeah, we've got sin. Here's how we get it right. Here's how we get power over it. And that's where that training comes in. To get busy in the work of God. And when we get busy in the work of God that He's called us to and set us apart for, we're going to find ourselves much healthier much more joyous uh, as, we, as we do the things that God's called us to do. And so Paul had authority to do those things. And the whole book of Romans is about that. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In the ways of God. And, and, uh, and there's so much there for us. And so Paul begins this mission of teaching and rebuking and correcting and training And he starts there in verse 8 with thankfulness. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. I thank my God. He starts with thankfulness. I'm sure he could have started with, listen guys, here's all the things y'all are doing wrong. But instead he starts by thanking God for them. There was a message for Jesus Christ being proclaimed through their lives in the rotten Roman world. And it was a miracle of God that anybody cared about Jesus in Rome. And Paul saw that. 
And it's a miracle of God that anybody cares about Jesus in Walnut Springs or anywhere else in this world because that's how sinful we are. That's how rotten we are as sinners. That it's a miracle that any of us care. That any of us set our lives apart for the work of God in Jesus Christ. And we've got to be thankful for that. We've got to begin with thankfulness. If you want to start helping people and shining the light of Jesus Christ, begin by being thankful for all that God has done in your life and all that you hope and want Him to do and you see Him doing around you. Whatever you're doing, start with thankfulness. And that's what Paul does. And then he moves into prayerfulness. He says, For God is my witness, whom I serve within my spirit in the gospel of His Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. So he's, then he moves into prayerfulness, interceding for these Romans, thinking about them, praising God for them, and then praying for the needs that they have in their lives. From thankfulness, he moves to prayerfulness. And he's patiently waiting. He wants to be there right then to, to, to preach Jesus to these people. And doesn't realize that when he gets to Rome, he'll be in chains. But eventually he does get there to share with them and to proclaim Jesus with them. But in, in our own lives, if we want to be a part of God's mission to teach, to rebuke, to correct, to train, start with thankfulness. We move into prayerfulness, and then he shares his hope and his vision for the Roman, for the Romans, uh, Christians in Rome. He says in verse 11, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Do you pray for that in your own life? When you think, I, I'm in need, I have these needs, are you praying for the spiritual gifts you need to be strengthened in the work of God? He says, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And you'll find that all the time. When you go out and serve the Lord, you'll start to feel like, this blessed me more than it blessed anybody else. I receive more blessing from doing the work of God than, than, than I gave out. And that, that's mutual encouragement where everybody's blessed when we do what God's calling us to do. He says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I've intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest. He's looking forward to a harvest among them. Uh, and, and, he, and he says he's under obligation to all those people. He's eager to preach the gospel to those who are in Rome. And so he goes from thankfulness to prayerfulness and he shares his hope and his vision for the Christians in Rome. He has a hope for them. He has a vision for what God is going to do in, in Rome and seeing Roman lives changed. Whether they be foolish, whether they be wise, whether they be Greeks or barbarians, he doesn't care. He wants the message and the gospel of God to move in that place. He has a vision. He sees the work of God already taking place. And he's praying over it. And he's thinking about it. And he's thanking God for it. And when we as believers find our credentials, first of all, not in, I've been a Baptist for 30 years. That's not my credential. I know every song in the hymn book. 
You ought to listen to me. That's not going to help. Right? I, I can sing every Chris Tomlin song ever written. That's not going to give you any credentials in the world. It's got to be, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. He is all mine. And I've given Him everything I have. All my sin was all I had to offer Him. And yet He loves me. And He marked my heart. And I'm His. And I want to, I want to follow Him. He, I belong to Him. The calling of God will enter our hearts when we have that mentality. Not just, I want to do a little service here and a little service there and then go back and hope God will bless me, but I'm His. I've got to do this. I've got to serve Him. There's a calling in my life. I'm set apart for this. The, the calling of God's going to enter our hearts and that we're going to be set apart for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so follow Paul's example. Start with thankfulness. Whatever God's calling you to, you may, may, but a lot of times our response is fear. Like Ananias, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to touch that guy. We've got to start with God, thank you for calling my name. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for using me. And go where God's calling us to go. Start with thankfulness and then be steadfast like Paul was in prayerfulness. You can't do it without prayer. You're going to burn out. You're going to give up. You're going to get whooped. You've got to pray and, 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 and be steadfast in praying for others and then share the hope and vision of what Jesus Christ can do. Share the hope and vision of what Jesus Christ can do. If you study the history of Rome and, uh, and, and the darkness there, the immorality there, we're getting close to that. And, uh, and so if God can work there in Rome, He can use us today. And we've got to take courage in that and have a vision and a hope that we see people rise. All throughout Walnut Springs, all throughout the sounding areas, we see people rise and become all that God's created them to be. People called and set apart. People strengthened by spiritual gifts that come by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We've got to pray for that kind of vision that Paul has. We've got to have that kind of thankfulness about all that God has done for us. And that kind of passion for prayer. If we want to see and have the credentials, the authority of God on our lives. People see right through you if you're a phony. If you're somebody that says, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but you don't have it in your life. They're like, whatever. They're not listening. You don't have any authority to help them or to shine light for them or even to rebuke them because they're not listening to you because your life doesn't match what you say. And they see through that. And Satan does a lot of good with that. When we don't, when we don't live like we should, when we don't shine like, like we're called to. And so we've got to pray for that. We've got to pray for that power from God to help people to rise and become what God's created them to be. And so, number one, don't be ashamed of the gospel. That's what Paul says. He's not ashamed of the gospel. People thought he was a fool for believing that. People thought he was crazy. It was a dangerous thing to be a Christian in that day. And he said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to tell people about this Savior that met me on the road and knocked me down 
And He transformed my life. And I'm going to tell you about Him and I'm not ashamed of it. And in today's world, more and more every day, if you tell people you're a Christian, shame on you. How can you believe that Bible? How can you believe what God, you know, what the Bible says? Shame on you. And we've got to pray for the strength and the power and the authority to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, is the power of God. Not our good works, and not our good looks, and not our thoughts or wisdom or ideas, but the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So what is your credentials? What, why should people listen to you? Right? Why should people listen to you? And, uh, and the only answer to that is because I'm, I belong to Him. I don't know why they should listen to me except that the authority of God is, 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 is what I'm pointing them to. I'm pointing them to the risen Savior. I'm not trying to tell people about me and what I've done. I'm trying to tell people about the Savior, Jesus Christ, and what He's done. So we challenge you today. Are you ashamed of the Gospel? Are you ashamed to tell people, I believe God's Word. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that the power of God for salvation is to believe in Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed of that? Because that's a problem. That's a, that shows you in your own life, you don't belong to Jesus. You may have heard about Him. You may have even done some good things to serve Him, but you went back to your own ways. And you haven't been marked by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You haven't identified with Him. You haven't denied yourself and taken up your cross and followed Jesus Christ fully and truly. And so as we close today with uh, this time of invitation, we want to challenge you. Do you believe? It's the, it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. That's the challenge today. And belief is not just saying, I believe. The devil says, I believe in God. Right? The demons say, I believe in God. When they saw Jesus, they said, hey, what are you doing? Don't cast me into the abyss. They believed in Jesus Christ. To believe in Jesus Christ means I return to Him. I live a new life. What I know now about God changes the way I act and the way I live and, and everything about me. And so have you believed in Jesus Christ? Truly, wholeheartedly, have you given your life over to Him? Counted the cost and said, I don't care what anyone thinks about me, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. And like we talked about last week, have you come to let us pray over you, to let someone pray over you? that's a believer in Jesus Christ? Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? Believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead? Have you been saved truly and wholeheartedly to say, I want to now belong to Him and Him alone. I don't have any more rights. I don't have, it's not about me anymore. It's about Him. And if He calls me to die for Him, I'm going to die for Him because I belong to Him. And if you're not saved today, if you haven't believed today truly and wholeheartedly, come forward and let us pray for you. 
right where you are. Pray. Commit your heart to God. Give your life to Jesus Christ now. If you haven't been baptized, take that step of obedience. Who cares what anybody else thinks? It's not for them. It's for God. Right? If God's calling you out there to go talk to somebody, don't pray with somebody, go do it. Trust in Him. Obey when He calls you. And we'll begin to see a great work of God in Walnut Springs, in the surrounding areas as we stop being ashamed of the Gospel and we proclaim the power of God and we, He's our credential. Right? I belong to Him. And I must have His authority about me or nothing's going to take place. So let's stand today and as we, as we have this time of invitation, we encourage you, if God's moving in your life, come forward and let us pray with you as this song closes. Let me close with a prayer. God, we, uh, we ask You to move in this place today. We ask for Your authority to fall upon us that lives would change. God, even lives that aren't in this building, You're not limited to here that You would move in this community, God, to bring about life-transforming change. That we would belong to You, Jesus. That we would be set apart for Your your calling on our lives. And that we would proclaim that it is by grace through faith that we're saved, not by works. And Jesus, we thank You that we have sinned and fallen short. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, those that are lost here today, I pray that You would open their hearts. Only You can. Nothing else can pry those hard hearts open, but You move in their lives today to bring salvation in the hope of Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to rise. In Jesus' name we pray.